it's yeah, tough. We, we, I know. Boston, D, Boston DSA uh, has had at multiple meetings said, hey, when you come to the get together, please don't be creepy. Oh, look, you get enough white yeah. guys in a room together, you're going to need that. Like, that, yeah. that's just a man. That should be a disclaimer that that's appears so like depressing. an HP bar above every white guy's head. <laughs> white dudes are like cats. Like, one is pretty cool. Two or three are like, okay, but a fucking room full of them? What are you doing? You're describing every one of my CS classes, so. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. They got classes in Counter-Strike up in Boston. I knew I went to the wrong school. Then again, I'd probably be the professor. Anyway, weird flex to myself, but go off. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to do that to yourself. Oh. <laughs> There is the there is a sad point that like there's a, tons and tons of people out there that are just doing the equivalent of the one man podcast, which is the YouTube yeah. or Twitch stream. Not like those us, are, cool guys. Those are yeah. No, we got we sad. have friends. Those genuinely make me sad. Oh, those poor guys. Oh yeah. And they're all men, pretty much exclusively. There there are women, but they're doing. Uh, they're doing different things generally. Yeah. yeah can I just or, say yeah. like the one man YouTube shows I've seen that are women are all <laughs> so much more meaningful. Like it's like, hi guys. Uh, welcome back to my show. As you know, I have a very rare genetic disease and I'm sharing with you my experience of living and dying with that. And every guy one is just like, yo, I'd fuck Thanos's daughter from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> dumb and awful this is brett we have with us john and rob i'm i'm rob so for viewers at home listeners where the fuck you people are alexandria ocasio-cortez aoc recently became elected to congress as the youngest woman ever to be elected to congress this was after she beat uh what was his name rob joe crowley thank you joe crowley thank you john after she i was beat- about to say that yeah, you guys had it. I, I never cared for the dude, so I never thought of him in the first place. I mean, yeah, I did care for that dude is fucking <laughs> Boeing and Lockheed Martin. Yeah, all the money. All the money cared a lot about that guy. Whoever so she, makes the Aegis system, I, I don't know. So she took down Crowley. She became the leftist star. And I think a few of us were a little concerned that that wouldn't necessarily translate once she actually got into office, right? What does that lot. mean? What does that mean? I mean, I, Obama, I never doubted uh, here, her. Here, here, here you go. Obama ran left. He got to the general. He became a little more center. He took power and then did nothing that was remotely leftist for the rest of his time. Or can I tell you why? Can I tell you why I knew the difference? Yeah. No, tell me. Obama. I was, I was suspicious and concerned, but I still loved her. But go ahead. No, I'll take this one. Obama, constitutional scholar, Harvard Law Review. I'll stop there. I could oh, show Oh, definitely. Off. I mean... Or even even if she kept her principles but got elected in – I mean she's a freaking representative. They don't – like uh, most of them are anonymous. Most people can name like five of them if that. Like 
like she could have just been buried on some like backbench and told, oh no, you're not allowed to tweet anymore for because of some fucking weird rule and then disappeared into nothing. But no, she's she's going off. It's great. Yeah, she was a waitress like how many bartender. Months ago? Bartender. <laughs> bartender. In case you weren't paying attention, because who can? Ocasio's had a pretty busy last two two, three weeks. It started on election day. She became the youngest woman ever elected to Congress. Day after, uh, an interview she had with the New York Times comes out where she says she can't afford D.C. rent for the three months between when she got elected and when she actually starts pulling the paycheck. Makes sense for all of us regular people. We get that. Of course, it immediately blew up and people freaked out on her. And there was a few people being like, I slept in my office. It was a fucking privilege. Oh, thank you for your service. <laughs> well, she doesn't have that office for like three months okay <laughs> she's also a young woman there's there are different there's a yeah. few different things going on there regardless then the next day on november 11th she does she's she's been elected things are going great she does an instagram live where she's making instapot mac and cheese listening to janelle Monet and answering questions from both constituents and regular people which is essentially the modern day fireside chat it was fucking incredible AOC's had a busy 10, 15 days now. First, she gets elected, the youngest woman ever, to Congress. Got him. She starts doing these Instagram lives on Sundays where she answers questions while she's making Instapot mac and cheese, or recently, Instapot black bean soup. Uh, she, Mukbang, baby. It's a Korean thing. Look it up. She's, she's taking pictures with all of the other young progressive women, uh, Rashida Tlaib. Uh, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley. Those first two are the first Muslim women ever elected to Congress. Ayanna Presley is the first black woman ever elected from Massachusetts. So yeah, that photo, that photo looking like a Fenny ad, am I right? You, I don't know what that means. And don't and don't <laughs> worry, your grandparents will be sharing those images with you soon, with like uh, with some like ISIS <laughs> quotes underneath them to let you know just how evil. Uh, t and terrible they are. So that's how gr that's how you know they're great. It's like when your grandparents know who AOC is, which which Fox News did, right? Yeah. And then oh, I love the Fox News stuff. I love it. <laughs> so that one, she puts a picture of her with these other three amazing progressive young women who have won elections. Uh, so it's like Ragnarok Lobster or any of those Twitter people like tweeting that out, calling her calling them all like Bernie's hoes yet or anything. Just, just, you know, <laughs> like that's going to be coming. Right. Like, the, I, you know, I, I was surprised at the tack the right took AOC tweets us out with hashtag squad. And that's the most embarrassing thing she's done yet. Honestly, I, I, I know all these guys are trying to get her, but that was a missed opportunity. Like that, if they had made fun of her for that, where they're like, "Ugh, politician trying to capitalize on youth culture," that might have worked. See, but see, if if I was doing the right wing response to that, I would have just responded to that with like hashtag squad goals and then like a picture of a gulag or something. Because that's how you like <laughs> actually attack that. D oh, that, that would have been so good, John. Damn, you're like a really good reactionary, John. <laughs> <laughs> so she 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 tweets out this this picture with these women in Fox News. Takes the same approach they've taken a few times with AOC. I've started saving these because they always blow my mind. Where they just post, they just post the picture, and next to it, her policy goals, which are you know, healthcare for everyone, jo green jobs. Uh, I, I love those screenshots. Higher minimum wage, and that's it. There's there's no criticism. It's just well, look I'm at these women who look nice with these <laughs> policies that are 
unassailably good yeah. things. Well, I'm sure it's going to be like there's like there's definitely like some scary Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson or whatever or whoever from Fox like talking about, oh, no, like saying it in a really like spooky, scary voice. But yeah, it's like when you see the screenshots, you're like, yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. Of course, that's exactly what we want to do. Fox News is actually better at promoting like the far left's agenda than like fucking any any of these liberal centers dipshit uh so media outlets so that part's really interesting to me aoc one of the more fascinating things to me about her besides the fact that she's a genuine no shit progressive who doesn't back down which i love is that she gets the same sort of media treatment that we saw trump get which is people uncritically uh, and this is from fox news which is extra weird are essentially uncritically tweeting out her platform and and broadcasting her views to a wider group of people well, without any sort of overview. It, it, it's amazing. Well, she's, that's because, like, that's the attack line. Like, you, you, you attack Obama by saying shit like that. But she's also unapologetic, right? Which is the thing that I think is working really well is AOC has a, a messaging strategy that takes advantage of the same flaw in the media system that Trump took advantage of. She's doing it from a much better place right now, which is great. But her her same ap- approach is working really well, which is that she is saying things that are, for the modern political discourse, very out there, right? It's very shocking to hear a young woman of color say things like, everyone should get health care, and then not back down. And the media doesn't know what to do with that other than to cover it directly and to just rebroadcast it uncritically. But it blows my mind that the right is doing the same thing. And, I, and in my opinion, and I am sure I'm biased because I, I love these policies. In my opinion, it's because the policies are so hard to argue with and they're so direct and the messaging is so easy. Everyone gets healthcare. It's such a fucking easy sales pitch. And she's one of the only people actually selling it hard. And it works so goddamn well. And I love her for that. No matter what else she does, I will always love her for that. Brett and AOC. Brett <laughs> and AOC. I, I do think that uh, the main thing is, like I was kind of saying earlier, is it's because that's the attack you use against the standard Democrats. Because while they have to promise that stuff to get elected, they have to push, oh, you know, Obama, like, you know, pretending he supported universal health care or like or like any social programs really and then getting elected not wanting to do it <laughs> AOC actually wants to do these things so it doesn't work as an so it like that game plan doesn't work it's it's yeah of course i want like you know universal healthcare and free college yeah exactly and we're so we're only at the point by the way in the last 2 weeks of her of AOC being elected where she actually hasn't gone into any sort of working with politician stuff and she's still crushing it right she's still unabashed uh on the media side of things she will go after people aggressively on twitter and actually let me give a few examples of that cuz those immediately happened uh so this picture goes out with the the progressive women next day she finds out that there's a youth protest happening in front of Pelosi's office. Um, She joins them, and what they're protesting for is greater, uh, or excuse me, a more aggressive stance on environmental concerns because we're literally about to die from climate apocalypse. So so you immediately go, okay, she just got elected, and she's willing to to get out there and be a little more aggressive about this with Pelosi. 
And it is not as aggressive as the media made it sound. Uh, she basically said, hey, if, uh, if Pelosi's the next speaker, we would like for you to take this strategy. We are telling you this is really fucking important to us. As the people who will be alive when this shit goes down, we would prefer you solve this now. Bring but back then, that committee you disbanded. <laughs> I know. That's honestly, it was such a sad request. It was like, bring back a committee on climate change. And that created for her. Her, her joining with these, these people, these young people protesting, they were all like 18, 19. I think a few of them were in high school. Yep. Um, and a bunch and, of them got arrested. Yeah. And a, I, I'm actually with AOC on this one. She was moved by all these young people literally putting like their college, their ability to get into college on the line to show up and be like, listen, lady with all the power in the Democratic caucus, please, God, do something for us. Yeah, no, and it's, then, it's, it's huge. And she continues her week by then the next day she talks about she gets mistaken for a spouse or an intern all the time. And this is what I was talking about before. Someone tried to call her out on Twitter. She immediately crushed them, which fuck yeah. <laughs> right. And then, and then, then a really fun thing happened, which is this dude. Here we go. Oh yeah. Scary, scary. Does anybody know what the fuck this guy's name is? I decided not to care. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Some fucking asshole dude takes a picture of her from behind AOC walking around in the halls of Congress and posts up this nasty tweet of her uh, about how she. Hold on, let me get the exact words. Hill staffer sent me this pic of Ocasio Cortez they took just now. I'll tell you something, that jacket and coat don't look like a girl who struggles. For the listeners at home, she's in a really normal ass jacket and pantsuit type thing. It's black, it's not, like nothing's happening here. I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be upset about. I, I, I can, I can, I've done a lot of study on this tweet. Um, <laughs> seems Eddie scary, which his parents must have hated him. And one of two... <laughs> Okay, so here's what's going on there. One of two. Either Eddie Scary here is doing like a catty, narcissistic, gay, stereotype-adjacent Milo Yiannopoulos thing and doesn't actually care about how she's dressed. Like, it's like, no, I was just doing this for attention for myself. I was being like, boy, that coat does not look like someone who's struggling and there's nothing else behind it. He's just doing... The, the right-wing attention-getting thing where they're like, yeah, just give us a reason to hate AOC. Okay, this is a familiar form. Yeah, let's go for it. Which basically was his apology. He tweeted that, I'm sorry you guys didn't understand like my catty humor or whatever, but I was just saying that that, uh, that coat does not match the rhetoric. So it could be that, and it seems like he's aiming towards that. Or it could be someone which is more common on the right, and as AOC properly called out, just someone who would slam her whether she was wearing Bergdorf or, like, literally bathing ape. Like, no matter what she wore, they were just going to go, like, like the mean girls at school, they're going, like, that sucks. That's, that's inconvenient. That doesn't work. Oh, definitely. And I just on a logic side, it blows my mind either way that they're just like, whoa, you call yourself a socialist, but you can afford business casual? <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Like, why do they always assume socialists are just broke, greedy <laughs> people that are just money grub? They just want to take your money and not just literally people who have thought about the structure of a more equitable society and have just begun advocating for that. Like, why would they not? Uh, oh, yeah. Decades of dog whistles. Anyway, doesn't matter. You guys go on. <laughs> they have no concept of, like, how poor people live is, I think, part of it. Like, 
Yeah, it's like they've never heard of a thrift shop. Like, just saying, you can find great you can find great clothes at a thrift shop. Or a I, I rich think there was person. A, I yeah. think there was and, a song about this. <laughs> and AOC under- is really into thrift shops, as she posts about a lot. Do you understand that, like, like to have rent running, to have that clock going in D.C., in New York, it's not even enough to be a middle-income American. Like, you have to be in an upper percentage to be able to swing that. AOC saying, I can't, like, by the nature of my income, I don't have enough save to pay rent in two of the most expensive non, non-Hong Kong mar- markets in the world. Like, that's reasonable and doesn't preclude her from owning a fucking suit jacket that fits a five-foot-five-inch woman. Like, Great. that's not a hard thing to swing. And either you're going to hit her either way or you're just doing this performative cattiness for your base Either case, it has nothing to do with what she's actually wearing. Exactly. And she, to her credit, as I was saying with her media savvy, immediately hit him back, right? She said, you guys are going to hit me regardless. He deleted the tweet, so she added one where she also talks. uh, She had the picture of his original tweet and said, like, no, no, no. You don't get to get away with this. You're a journalist. People should know what your bias is. (laughs) So, I like... Fuck yeah, AOC. Like, don't let him be a dick about this and then try to, like, delete the tweet once he gets bad feedback when he's getting ratioed to hell. Oh, like, it was no, no, no. beautiful. She didn't let it lie. And I, again, I respect that about her and I appreciate that about her. Just one other thing about this guy, Eddie Scary, which, again, somehow is a real name. Um, <laughs> so much of this is just rhetoric, right? Like, if this, if the, it's a 29 year old rep was hunter greenleaf from fucking southern oklahoma he would be taking creep shots of him in his suit like damn that's how a man shows up to congress and posting it to the (laughs) subreddit about fucking ron swanson instantly so like (laughs) it's every sort of just sexist classist rhetoricians fucking wank job of an attack and it's bullshit and it's coming from a guy who, not for nothing, previously tweeted, yo, check out this bunion on an otherwise hot chick. (laughs) Which, let me just, let me stop you right there. As a rule of thumb, just look, as a social media guy myself, as a rule of thumb, if the first four words of your post are, check out this bunion, reevaluate, show it to a couple people, do a couple drafts, because just like, how impressive... Brett, Brett, I listen to me. I didn't see that one. Brett, That's so ridiculous. Brett, listen, listen to me right now. Without looking, how impressive would that bunion have to be for you to then like that post that this guy <laughs> put out there? It would have to be like half of her foot. It's not. That's the thing. It's not even a good bunion post. <laughs> I mean, if, if it was that big, I would just, I would just feel real bad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that tweet even then. Like, it, it that, have- that. Oh, sorry, there, there would have to be like a a a artistic tattoo around like to to accentuate the bunion for me to be like oh okay this person is owning it I if guess. that bunion it's... did not <laughs> smile at me <laughs> <laughs> it's just an insane thing so just like you know because the internet sort of flattens everything just remember that the guy making aoc criticisms is also the guy that is creep shotting not just house of representative members 
but just random people who have bunions at like a predomage. So that's that's sort of where we're at. He also works at he works at the Washington Examiner. So uh, yeah, 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 that that tweet definitely cast a pall on any of his future evaluations of American politics. You could almost say that that tweet was a Paul Bunyan. Uh, <laughs> I didn't uh, prep that. That just came straight off the dome. I'll and take for it. That, I'll take it. I like for it. For that, I will now be ritualistically killing myself. My roommate <laughs> is here to make sure I finish the job. Hardy Carter, baby. I mean, ah! Eddie Scardy got crushed. Oh, yeah. And that, great. I, because that's the AOC thing. But this was just, by the way, this was just part of the way through to get to today. So she deals with Eddie Scardy. Then he talks about a wardrobe. He gets slapped down. Uh, then she takes a day off, which how fucking dare her. Uh, and on Saturday, she hosts no, a call. My president would never take a day <laughs> off. And that's the difference. And by take a day off, I mean doesn't create 30,000 uh, media fucking posts and articles about her. She was still doing shit. So then on Saturday, she hosts this call uh, with in coalition with the Justice Democrats uh, who helped get her elected in the first place. And so she's pushing for more people to run for office, more young people to run for office. Um, and she's specifically focusing on money and politics being this problem. And she explicitly says, the quote is, uh, all Americans know money and politics is a huge problem, but unfortunately the way we fix it is by demanding that our incumbents give it up or by running fierce campaigns ourselves. Uh, that's really what we need to do to save this country. That's just what it is. And so... She's basically saying we either need to force them to stop taking the money or we need to knock them out, right? And her uh, chief, her chief of staff, uh, Sakat, uh, who is a co-founder of the Justice Democrats, just said straight up. Uh, uh, Sakat, also a member of the Degeneration X caucus. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's way more straightforward about it. He just says we need new leaders, period. We got a primary, folks. I Which got two words for you. Campaign finance. So, so just doing those like X chops while screaming primary. <laughs> Primaries, primaries, <laughs> And so, so unsurprisingly, people freak out. She even talks about to give specifics, like, "quote I don't think people who are taking money from oil and gas companies should be drafting client." "Quote I don't think money who are oh Jesus Christ <laughs> from the top." My man can't read. He's from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> "Quote." I don't think people who are taking money from oil and gas companies should be drafting climate legislation. A totally reasonable belief. All of the old Democrats freaked the fuck out about this. Unsurprisingly. Wait, really? I, 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 I had heard that there was like, I, I guess it's because of who I follow on Twitter and what news I follow is I only see the blowback to the blowback, I guess. So I didn't mm. actually see anyone complaining about her. No, so there is a, there's a lot of blowback for this. She also, by the way, the day after this, did yet another uh, Instagram Live where she did an Instapot and answered questions. But she did, uh, the reason she's getting a lot of blowback from this is because she's going after the power base, right? These old politicians who have been around forever. And so all of the older Democrats are freaking out because they're concerned about this person directly attacking this position that they have built themselves up to over what, 20, 30, 40 years in some cases. Ooh, strap in, boys. Rob's going to set up something here. Okay. <laughs> so uh, AOC got on 
a Instagram live feed, which literally no one in Congress knows what that is, but they somehow still poo-pooed it, which that's one area I'm going to side with Congress on on that one. Uh, <laughs> but she being a normal person that has normal social media and talks directly to constituents, uh, she made some black beans apparently and made black the bean horrible soup. black bean soup. Okay, so do you, do you know the horrible gaffe that she made? Yes. Okay, so go off. So she made the horrific mistake of talking about the three branches of government. And so the quote was, if we work our butts off to make sure that we take back all three chambers of Congress, uh, rather all three chambers of government, the presidency, the Senate, and the House, that is not accurate. She did immediately correct herself. Republicans, though, and right-wingers had found a quote with which to belittle her. They got us, folks. Look. When you're owned, you're owned. They, she said, she said a Congress. It was actually government. Legally, we have to bring back Jim Crow now. They won. <laughs> they owned us. They owned us with their own words and logic. So thank this- God we have so, a steady hand at this time of tribulation in the executive branch of government. A nice try, AOC. So this this dipshit at the Daily Wire, Ryan Saavedra. Uh, immediately posted about it. Uh, they wrote an article about it. It's a fucking Daily Wire. This is what they do. Because in case you're curious, the three branches of government, executive, legislative, judicial. She did correct herself immediately after this. I was watching it because... It doesn't even fucking matter. I watch anything where people make fucking... Yeah, no, we were supposed to record and we didn't. I was watching it because I'll watch it anytime someone makes some fucking delicious food and talks politics. It's literally the two things I like most. Of course I'd watch it. Let me just ask you, AOC explains to you how to work a sous vide. Does life get any better from your perspective? It does, because then more people know how to work a sous vide. And I I like seeing her. She's an authentic human when she's interacting with these things. Like, she's clearly not some chef or Instapot master. She posted a request. What a neg. Mystery, is that you? (laughs) Style, is this? It's not a neg. Fuck off. Is she's this the pickup Bible? She's a real this- fucking person. She shows up in sweats. She talks to you. She actually answers your goddamn questions. And for, for anyone on the right in the era of Trump to criticize literally anyone, politics, outside of politics, whatever, for being stupid or for a gaffe is fucking hysterical to me. Literally that same day, Trump said, and, and I quote, Thank God for those brave Air Force Navy SEALs who parachuted into Germany on D-Day, and they made it safe for democracy. That's an actual <laughs> quote he said on that day. And I didn't actually listen. I, I, there was also some stuff about raking forests or something. I'm not actually, like, I don't give a fuck about that. So I just want to ignore it, but I just want to toss that one out there. But th- then again, it's it's just a hypocrisy. They're not going to fucking... They're, like, you can't point it out like, oh no, they'll stop. That's what they fucking do. Like, you said this is the Daily Wire. Wh- which one is that? I think the Daily Caller. No, the Caller. Daily Caller. Which Wait, which one's Ben Shapiro? Ben Shapiro's is, the Daily Caller. It, Imagine you're at the second tier conservative outlet to Ben Shapiro's conservative outlet. Like, you're looking upward. You're looking skywards at Ben Shapiro like... If I really apply myself, I can build that sort of cesspool. Yeah, like, that shit's always going to exist. You, you just gotta fucking, like, like, just 
she she should just clown on it and ignore it because you can't I, fucking do anything with like that stuff. They're they're always going to exist, and even if you kill them, like this the 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 wiki feet power user guy, uh, scary or whatever, scary, like that dude, like who fucking cares? There's a million more like him. I totally agree, and she did clown on it and transitioned the conversation to healthcare. So. Overall, I would say thus far, AOC is not just fucking delivering on the campaign. She's over delivering. It's been amazing. One of the most interesting things that happened this week was when she was doing the uh, protest with the activists in front of Pelosi's office. And the reason it was so fascinating is because Pelosi herself is in a really difficult situation. And the media tried to position it as AOC is going after Pelosi, which is not accurate. AOC clarified during her Instagram live this weekend that... Pelosi is the most progressive person running for speaker, and AOC is voting for whoever the most progressive person is, period. Which respect. Yeah, which is it, true. Like, I mean, that, that's the sad thing is like, pe- like lefties are up in arms saying like, oh, it should be Barbara Lee or I don't know, one of the other like fucking... Fudge. Uh, well, there's a few. The there's Marcia Fudge. Fudge. There's Bar- Marcia Fudge and Barbara Lee. But so Pelosi's in trouble, right? Uh, they tried to tie AOC to it. It's really not what's happening, right? AOC's doing her thing. She's crushing it. Uh, she's probably going to support Pelosi. She did not sign this letter that came out this week. Uh, that's 16. I think it's up to 17 today. It keeps going up every day. Uh, 17 Democrats in the House saying that they refuse to vote for Pelosi. There's another three or four who have campaigned on not voting for Pelosi. Um, they haven't signed this letter that's out there. In and of itself, the letter plus one more person essentially is enough to deny Pelosi the speakership from the Democrats, which means yeah. she might have to go to the Republicans. The the I mean, Pelosi said today that she's going to win the speakership with no Republican votes. She said a pure Democratic vote. But the first caucus vote on that is coming up. The final one on the floor is until January 3rd. But what we saw with Speaker Boehner, who and I the, not the first caucus ever, vote, by the way, for the party is on November twenty eighth. That's the one you're talking about. Yes, uh, Boehner, who henceforth I will call him Boner because life's too short. <laughs> Why would you not call the man Boner if you have the opportunity? So, uh, Boner also, when he was the Speaker of the House, he didn't face an immediate challenger. Instead, he faced a number of people that said they had no confidence. And then once he realized, like, oh, I'm going to have to run for this. This is a real thing. We've all established I have a challenge. I have people in the party looking for change. That is when Paul Ryan came up. So that starts before the nominee comes up. Normally. On the, I can't believe I'm saying this, basically well-functioning party apparatus (laughs) of the right. Now, Honestly, whether or not it's yeah, it's more functioning than the Democratic one, yeah. Yeah, whether or not that will happen on the Democratic side, I have no idea. But so far, this is normal. You get people saying, "Hey, I'm open to anyone other than Nancy Pelosi." Then you get someone. I mean, this is all game theory, right? Like people aren't going to come out anti-speaker until they know there's enough solidified base to support them for the it, speaker role. Except the people who literally ran on it, because. And this is an important note. She is less popular than Trump. Yep. She is less popular than fucking Donald Trump. Like that's, that's, that is incredible to me. A part of that is the right wing machine is so good at mudslinging 
and Pelosi's been around for a while, so they've had a lot of time to work on her. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed this, but as a defense of Pelosi, uh, Rep. Elijah Cummings of Maryland, uh, horrible person, he's on the Oversight Committee, he's the ranking member, Uh, he stressed to colleagues that if you oppose Pelosi, this is in response to the 16 people, 17 people signing the letter, that if, if you oppose Pelosi, it'll allow Republicans to vilify our leader. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We better fucking stop now because someone might get the idea to vilify Nancy Pelosi. I mean, right now we're so close, but let's imagine if someone vilified Pelosi. How fucked are we? Huh? So let's cut it off. Let's just call it a, cl- a near miss and then... <laughs> It's been interesting to watch this this week because at first it started with Pelosi thinking she was going to cruise regardless, right? And she she, she got sort of in, she got a little cocky about it. She no, she did. And, and there was all these amazing quotes that came out from the old people who don't understand what the fuck is happening, where they said, you know, all these young people are looking for change, and Pelosi's changed. Like, you know what the the seventy five, seventy six year old isn't who's been around for a few decades isn't really most people's definition of change. Like, eh, call us crazy. We like something different from that. Matt Gorman said, quote, uh, the Republican rules when it comes to term limits for chairman uh, is just how we view leadership. It encourages younger members to step up so we don't see the stagnation that we've seen on the other side. If you want to talk about people who are resistant to change, the Republicans are saying they institutionally are more open to change in the House of Representatives. Yeah. When you oh, are definitely. when the Republicans are the trailblazers in anything, anything, you should stop and take notice. <laughs> if the Republicans were like, yo, we figured out stem cells, I'd be like, I don't like you, but like for sure, let's let me make an appointment and figure out how you're doing here. And, what, Nancy, and where I fucked up that you are beating me in this. Nancy Let's, Pelosi is making conservatives shake their head. It's, this is such a weird thing because, sadly, Nancy Pelosi is probably the closest thing to a progressive option for leadership. And that's Agreed. very sad. But, what? And let's, but hold on, still, hold on. Before, like, like what? actually running for it. Like, Yes, of the people running. Before we get too much into this. There's no one running. We already went over this. You have to show no confidence but before I, you get a new person I, in. I do think it's worth saying, like, quick quick step back. Pelosi, because she's been around for a while, so we just sort of take it as fait accompli that she's always in power. She's been doing uh, this for so long. No one really asks where she came from. And this part, I think, is interesting and worth mentioning real fast, that so Pelosi has been in politics literally forever, right? She literally forever. She was she was born in she Baltimore. She was born a fermion. <laughs> <laughs> she she was born in Baltimore. Uh, she went to Notre Dame. She studied political science at uh, Trinity Trinity College. After that, she interned for a senator, right? So her internship in college was at, for a fucking senator. She moved to California at that point and worked for the Democratic Party. And she took a lot of what I would call non-elected positions, elected internally for the committee, but not elected by the people. Uh, this, for and this was California. all during Reconstruction, right? <laughs> this was all during the 70s. Uh, so she had a series of positions in the California Democratic Party. And she moved her way up 
she got to the point where she was the chair of the DNC, or excuse me, uh, she was working uh, to try to become the chair of the D- DNC and lost. But she had worked to the point where she was pretty good friends with the uh, California 5th District Congressman Phil Burton and his wife. And she had worked with them a pretty decent amount. And Phil Burton died in 1983. His wife took over for him because we have a very democratic process where you turn things over to your spouse. And his spouse, Sala, ran it for three years. And then in 1986, Sala became sick as well. She decided not to run. And she handpicked Pelosi, guaranteeing her the support of every one of their machine democratic operatives. And this is an incredibly democratic district. This is part of San Francisco, one of the most democratic districts in the country. So Sala died turned it over to Pelosi. Pelosi won the special election to succeed her, uh, easily defeating the other Republican, um, narrowly beat a San Francisco supervisor, but then beat the Republican handily. That wasn't a problem. Has never once been challenged closely since. That was in 19-fucking-87. I was born a year before that, and I'm in my goddamn 30s. She has not had a challenger in 30 fucking years she has not gone to a debate for most of that so the reason you need to know this is one it's not a democratic process because she was handed the incumbency uh sort of boost as being designated and getting the machine and two people keep using this fucking data point to say why she's great and this data point is that she has contributed the most to members of congress and campaign funds part of the reason is She's the fucking speaker. She was for a long time. She's the leader of the caucus. She should be contributing more. The other part is she literally does not have to run to win. She doesn't have to spend campaign funds. She just fucking wins every time. Her closest challenge she's ever gotten was she won with 80% of the vote. Nancy fucking Pelosi. So this woman hasn't faced a real challenge since the goddamn 80s. She has yeah. not had to do a debate in 30 years. She is not connected to the people. So there's that point. The second bit that I'll get to is, in her defense, I will give her a few things. One, she has consistently defended women's reproductive rights, even when it's not been popular among the Democrats. What a which, low fucking bar. Oh it is. It is. But, but respect. She, she consistently defends it. And I will give it to that. The other one, and this is kind of a big deal, she voted against the Iraq war. Fucking respect Woo! for that. That is a genuinely good thing. I appreciate that. Yeah, her and Barbara Lee and like three others. <laughs> uh, honestly, it was it was like four or five fucking people. So her oh, being yeah. one of them is a is a big deal. So good on you, Pelosi. That's pretty much the end of the positives. I just like say- to point out just uh, uh, one more positive is that rule where if you die, uh, you can still run. Your spouse can take over. Resulted in us having a dead ass pimp yep. winning an election in Nevada. So you take the good <laughs> of the bad. You know what? We get this cool ass, dead ass pimp, but we also <laughs> get Nancy Pelosi. Think about so, how many people's dream it is to it's die. It's a real thing, by the way, guys. To an die actual, with Ron Jeremy. <laughs> an, an actual dead pimp died in Nevada and won as well, the a live pimp died. I mean, in fairness, he was live <laughs> at the time. Excuse me. A pimp died in Nevada as a Republican. Uh, candidate and won. A pimp died in Nevada. You actually owe me money now. 
because I trade I trademarked that as the name I'm, of my hip hop album. And, and he was with Ron Jeremy and um, God, who uh, was it? Favorite was it Flavor Flav? Is that it, the other guy? It who has was there? to be. That, I mean, that's I just presume Vegas. this just makes sense. It's like the yeah, uh, but how often do you think that's happened to those two? Like, this is not the first time that that's a, they're that, pretty they're that, pretty old. So at this point, a few times. Like Ron Jeremy, Ron Jeremy has definitely walked into a room and then noticed someone in that room is now dead, <laughs> like twenty five times minimum. Damn, this is a dark ass life for Ron Jeremy. Oh huh? Jesus! You got a real—that's a weird. I mean, to take you it's, think it's, it's universal, it's, but it's started, definitely it not. It started so well. He was doing porn. He was popular. Then he got fat. Now everybody's dying. Yeah, why does that affect other people's mortality? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, considering the parties he's at, considering what is going on at the parties he's at, you don't know like, anything about the, the. Maybe like, he's just at home playing Overwatch with the rest of us. And he's I, like, boy, I, I hope no one thinks I'm showing up around Ron the dead Jeremy guy tonight. Is one of the first people to basically live stream his life, like effectively, just because he is such an attention whore and just goes around constantly trying to get on film. Yeah, now he's the best fucking dragoon in Final Fantasy XIV, and he still live streams. <laughs> and I respect him for that more than anything. That's right, more than anything. So, so dead pimps are the sort of people that can be elected these days because that's the democratic system we live in. Pelosi got originally elected because she was friends with a spouse who took over for her sitting congressman, and she basically bequeathed the position to her because again very democratic system we've got here she has been in that position since 87 she has run the house one uh, excuse me two terms from the end of bush through the beginning of obama's term so two years at the end of the bush's term two years at the beginning of obama's term she ran the house as speaker she's the first female speaker ever elected which is great it has been since oh excuse me, since 2010, since they've had power. It has been eight fucking years. Democrats haven't done real well in those eight years, so it's hard to see how exactly she's doing a great job. And an article came out today that was amazing to me because it explicitly talks about what she isn't doing well. And what she isn't doing well is growing the young Democrats. No. Oh, she God. definitely isn't. We Cory Booker is still somehow viable, which is stretching the <laughs> definition of viable to its absolute breaking point. That the definition of viable should get a medal of honor, which I guess we're just giving those out for somehow sustaining the pressure that fucking Cory Booker's candidacy is putting on it. I mean, it's it, it was this article was great to me. It was in the Atlantic. It was, it was great because I've wondered for a while, and I just assumed this was some weird Gen X quirk. I've wondered for a while why we are stuck with boomers and all of the sort of uh, Gen X generation has no position of power. Even on the Republican side, they do. Um, to the point where, and as a quick comparison note for you, uh, Pelosi's trying to take speaker again, but the Republicans have their leaders already for their GOP minority Congress, and it's Kevin McCarthy, and Steve Scalise, they were both freshmen. Damn, so close on that second one, huh? They were, they were both freshmen when Pelosi was originally speaker. right? So the Republicans are growing their young, young-ish. It's hard to call Steve Scalise young. Young-ish, Kevin McCarthy is. Young-ish politicians into roles, and the Democrats aren't. And it turns out that it's because 
and this is going to shock literally any millennial in a position in any corporation or government position or academia at all. The boomers are locking all of the young people out. They are promising, uh, Pelosi and the others are promising that they'll give them positions of power. They'll grow them over time. They'll help them grow their career and then doing nothing. And so all of the young members are fleeing. And people actually connected this to Beto O'Rourke, Beto, and said part of the reason he ran for Senate is because he couldn't fucking do anything in the House anymore. He's this young guy. He has ambitions. He he wants to grow his position in the party. And Pelosi uh, and the other older Democrats shut that shit down. Yeah, that's a, that's the whole thing. Like at this point, even party veterans say that, like especially ahead of 2020, so that they're they're hamstringing so much of their young talent. Uh, by not using a house as an incubator. And like that seems stupid until you realize that, well, the DCCC runs the house. And so by hand-picking candidates and funding candidates that already agree with them, there's like a massive amount of self-interest for that tiny legislative caucus to, again, act in its own interest against actually promoting anyone who could beat Donald Trump or just fascism writ large in America. Yeah. To the point where the main, uh, the main group opposing Pelosi this time, the reason she's in so much danger, is not coming from the left, which a lot of the media sites are representing as such, is not. It's coming from the more conservative Democrats, largely Midwestern Democrats. They're trying to per- push Marcia Fudge, who herself isn't particularly a conservative Democrat. She's very in the middle. Who also, by the way, in case you were curious, pretty much inherited her seat. Yet, yet another Dem who didn't actually run and beat, off, beat an incumbent or a Republican to win her seat. She you, almost said seat. That, you almost said that Marsha Fudge beat off an incumbent. Almost, and, but not quite. I do think the, the, the system that Pelosi and the older Dems in the House have put in place to crush younger people in the party is why you are seeing so many young dims either try to go for the senate or try to go for the presidency straight away because there are no other options if you care about the party it's it's the gen x problem writ large which is the boomers are larger and more powerful and they refuse to retire gracefully and so we're we the millennials are forced to push them out and the gen x just got crushed they either align with the boomers in order to gain any tiny bit of power uh, and largely are just garbage, garbage candidates at this point within the political system, or they did went their own way and they just don't exist anymore in the political party. Hell yeah. And, and so now millennials are forced to do the thing where we just kick the old people out the fucking door. And of course, they're still trying to resist. They're still trying to talk shit. I mean, you saw this with AOC, people trying to claim like, Listen, I, I appreciate your vigor, but what you should really do is just shut up and sit in the corner and learn from Pelosi, who's a genius. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, and just say that the one silver lining about the gerontocracy that is our fucking boomer political sphere—they're going to die pretty soon. I mean, they aren't promoting health care in this country, so even with their <laughs> rich health care, like I'm pretty sure they're going to go pretty soon. And I got a pretty dope um, photo of the Philadelphia Antifa march that is gritty. Yeah, that's right. He's back. <laughs> oh, he's never left. Gritty holding a pride flag. Only the top stripe is black for Antifa. 
and it says, we will outlive them. So, Word. you know, sometimes he makes some good points. Sometimes he's embarrassed because the Washington Capitals scored a goal on the Flyers. But other times he makes salient political points about oh our aging political class. So you take the good with the bad with Gritty. Oh, my God. Nancy Pelosi is 78 years old? Yeah. So this, this raises the important question of, it's, it's again, this is what we see. This isn't politically specific. You see this in academia, too. Since I was, like, fucking 15, people have been saying all the professors are going to retire. That has not happened. But it's the same thing you see elsewhere, which is the boomers refuse to retire. They refuse. They, the ship has sailed for retiring gracefully. They refuse to retire at all now. And they've put us in a situation where there are no good options for dealing with them. And you see this in the House. You have this guy, uh, Gallego, talking about it, saying, oh, well, you know, you don't need leadership to help you get a position or gain prominence within, Concord, within the caucus. If you're aggressive enough with fundraising with your social media presence <laughs> and go on cable news, leadership becomes more and more irrelevant. No, no, it doesn't. No, <laughs> that's I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm not even getting paid for this. I'm just ruining my mental. Health. Look, that that it, that's maybe true for political self-promotion, but not for actual governance. That's exactly. like being like, yo, I don't really do anything, but people recognize me when they see me on the TV. What kind of sickness do you have? That's not actually getting <laughs> things done. They, it, that that right there clearly spelled they don't care about policy. They just want to keep being the Washington generals, but personally get on TV enough to sit next to Maya Wiley on MSNBC. That's no, all. I, they they want to riff with Ari Melber, which, by the way, <laughs> that's also a name of my hip hop album. <laughs> there, there is no better way to get a six figure job at a think tank. Than to do than to be that person, and, and then you'll be on NBC even more often. I wish I was dead. <laughs> I wish they were dead. Fuck that. Oh, um, yeah. it, oh take me. I. I, <laughs> <I'm ready. laughs> like, I so. Like I, I get it. He's few, like he's. Five hours I got maybe. I got ten minutes left of this before I'm going off the Brooklyn Bridge. So <laughs> whatever. I, I, I get the Gallego thing. He's young. He's frustrated. He can't get a position of power. The boomer. He was shitty. He was shitty in Wonder Woman. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. The larger issue here is she's seventy fucking eight. There is no game plan for if she dies. Right? What What happens if she gets sick? There's no one to take over because you haven't let any young people remotely close to the process, and you have forced us. To literally shove you out the door. Now, I'm from Florida, so my patience with old people being dicks is very low. <laughs> but at this point, you won't Fair. get what's fucking coming to you. Get the fuck out of the way. Go be a nice grandparent somewhere. Relay your wisdom. Stop holding on to all of the keys of power and fucking the rest of us. It's, it's not complicated. Just move along. Pelosi, say, by the way, has tried to pivot that direction and claim this is her swan song. That's her new per approach. Oh, oh going out on a real high, huh? Yep, yep. I don't know. In some ways, it's comforting. It's, it, it, it's comforting to know that all the problems that I deal with as a regular person are everywhere. The boomers are doing this in every fucking system that they get a hold of. Yep. They stay in power. They refuse to leave because their lives are empty and they don't know what to do about it. 
And so they're going to burn the whole country to the ground, and they're going to take us with them. And they're not going to let us fix it, because that would mean we take power before they die, and that's unacceptable. It, there's something about that that, like, it's nice to know it's a universal truth, right? There's something about that fact that's slightly comforting. It, it helps me feel more connected to people uh, in other industries to know that we're all dealing with the same issue, which is old people are fucking us. Simultaneously, though, boomers are playing out the very human issue of, I don't want anything to come after me. And yep. so far, I've owned everything in either direction temporally. I've definitely owned the millennials, and Gen X are the ultimate cucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm oh. sorry. There's nothing. Look, it's, it's true. It could be a, it could be a true, good thing. I mean. You're enjoying yourself. You're getting owned in the process, but you're enjoying yourself. Gen X is just fucking have a good one. They definitely own the silent generation. Yeah. They definitely did not serve in World War II. Like, the, the, boomers are miserable, but they also want to hang on until the second they're dead because they can't stand to see anyone younger than them do what they used to do. They don't want to be irrelevant. They like to think about the old Florida voters as an abstraction that is not them rather than very much them. Yeah. Growing up in Florida is old people running the state and ruining it for anyone under the age of 50 because their grandkids don't live here. What do they give a shit about your education or your health care? No one fucking cares about you. It's the same shit over and over again. This is everything in my life has been old people breaking the system to make themselves feel better. And we're supposed to respect them because they're our elders. America does a great job. America in 2018 does a great job destroying every mythos. Fuck the old people. Let them rot. I mean, they're, they very much are taking care of that themselves. They are. On the plus side, they're all in their 70s and 80s. We don't got much longer. Kick them out the door. Let's move it the fuck along. Just to be clear, there's nothing wrong with being old. There's just something very much wrong with being old and denying other people human rights. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is my issue. Yeah. yeah it's 100% the issue. That's true. Like, if you want to be old and cool, like, there's a few good ones out there, Corbin. Be a fucking grandparent. Be helpful. Like, support people. Jesus en Christ. Enjoy Use your goddamn wisdom. The matriarch and patriarch of a family that loves you and which you support in the same way that you support your community and all people around you with love and compassion and empathy. Or Is alternatively, that so fuck that, alienate your family and send me racist Facebook memes. Yo, what if, what if Pepe had a big-ass dick? Anyway, good to talk <laughs> to you, grandson. Oh, did you see that? Did you see that article that came out earlier today or that quick thing that was just like the top like it lists like where the top 10 stories being shared on Facebook, like what the source is on each day and like how happy oh. are Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Do you have the list of the 10? All right. Today's top stories on Facebook. This is from uh, Kevin Roos, who is a uh, tech writer for New York Times. Uh, so for today, the top stories on Facebook are from one. Ben Shapiro, two, Ben Shapiro, three, <laughs> Daily Caller, four, Nine Gag, five, Ow! TMZ. <laughs> That's six. the only, those are the only people that get owls for me, by the way. Uh, Nine six, Gag and AOC. <laughs> six, Unilad, seven, Franklin Graham. I'm not actually sure who that is. Eight, Fox News, nine, something called the other 98%, and 10, Fox News. The other 98% is the only remotely leftist thing on that list. 
that is that is that is dark, John. Yeah. Who is reading this? I say, even as I instantly picture my grandfather <laughs> just just reading about how AOC wants to make healthcare a human right and education more accessible, and then puts on his boots, walks out in the midnight darkness through the mist to his cow pasture, and just punches a steer in the face to own the libs. That is who's reading those, and apparently there's enough to game the algorithm. So point you, Ben Shapiro. So when you go home and you are interacting with your grandparents and your racist old uncles over Thanksgiving. Oh, no, they no longer talk to me, but continue. And they, <laughs> and, and they go, you know, the Ilhan Omar lady, she's an evil Muslim. You know what she said? She said, we should kill all the white people. It came from Ben Shapiro on Facebook. Just, just, of course. Yeah. It, it came from Ben Shapiro on Facebook, guys. Do you think at any point in her life, her campaign manager, like trying to be woke and cool, was like, hey, Omar coming. <laughs> oh, that would be such an amazing uh, political ad. Fuck, that's I'd like be, that's like our I'd be, neoliberalism. I'd, that's be, so, the neoliberalism. I'd be so into that. <laughs> hey, guys, remember The Wire? And like 60% of white people just go, yes, yes, I do. 